Hello and welcome to episode 3 of Skulker's brand new WSL themed podcast. Now this week we get to talk about my favourite person in the world and that's of course the legend to the queen that is Fran Kirby. Of course that's not the only thing I'll be discussing all week because I'm not alone as always. I am joined by Harry. Harry how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I'm looking looking forward to talking about more women's football. Yeah, and we've got so much to talk about, like I mentioned, Fran Kirby. We've also got the small matter of a Conti Cup final, and we will be looking at the season ahead. We've got plenty of Champions League games coming up. So as I mentioned there, Conti Cup final. Let's just dive straight into it, because Chelsea won 6-0. Yes, you heard that right, six goals. And that doesn't really pay much sort of... um Pay much credit to uh, to Bristol. Really struggled to keep up with Chelsea's attack, and I mean they conceded as early as two minutes in. Yeah, um, I think going into the game, we all well, most people probably expected Chelsea to win and quite comfortably, given on the games that that have been played between the two teams this season. But I don't think anyone could have predicted how quickly Bristol City let let Chelsea in in behind the defence to to get ahead. Yeah, it just seemed that there was acres of space for, for Frank Kirby and for Kerr to get into. And, you know, we know that Chelsea liked to play in that 4-2-3-1 formation. It was almost criminal giving Frank Kirby, the kind of player who scored 14 times and had seven assists this season, so much space. Yeah, you could see from the start what Chelsea's game plan was. It was, you know, play the, play the ball either down the line or, or through the defensive gaps for Kirby. And I think in the opening two, three minutes, they had done it a couple of times. And you know, Bristol City, how you can leave that much space behind your defence for players like Kerr, like Kirby to get into, it's, you know, you, you'd like to think that they had looked at, the, at Chelsea beforehand and thought, right, we, we do need to sit back a bit more and try and soak up the pressure because Chelsea have, have struggled in the past against teams mm-hmm. that do just shut up shop. I mean, we look at Brighton, um, what's that now, a few weeks ago how they frustrated Chelsea. Um but Bristol City they were just just welcomed every attack that they they that Chelsea had. Yeah, and not only that, they were also playing very high defensive line, so not only sort of exposing themselves centrally, allowing possession and ball to um defeat a lot through Kerr and Kirby, but also getting in, as you mentioned, over the top. And on top of all those things, they were also trying to play out from the back, which was just an absolute disaster. Yeah, Chelsea, um we all know Chelsea like to press high. Emma Hayes likes to press high, and I think that's one of the reasons why Jesse Fleming started because I think she's she's brilliant at at pressing high. Um, it was her her tackle for Kerr's second goal that that won the ball high up the pitch and gave Kirby and Kerr an easy easy chance to set up. Um, and again, I think that's something that Hayes brings into all her players. You know, you do have the brilliant attackers, and they can be threats on on goal when they have the ball. But you also can't you can't be passing the ball round at the back unless you're really accomplished at it. And Bristol City, unfortunately for them, they weren't. Yeah, and you mentioned Kerr there. She got the hat trick. We saw the backflip finally after waiting so long, and, and in doing so, she becomes the first player to score three goals in the Conti Cup final. Yeah, um, I think it's time that we we start. Well, not us, but certain people start putting some respect on Kerr's name. Mm. Um, She's had a lot of criticism criticism since joining Chelsea, which um about fifteen months ago now, um particularly particularly for the for the chances she misses. But she's still in the WSL at least, outperforming her expected goals 
um, only slightly, her XG is 11.3 and she's scored 12. Um, so although she may be missing what some would say are the easier chances, she's scoring the harder ones to make up for it. And overall, she's now 16 goals across all competitions this season, plus six assists. That's not someone who's struggling to acclimatise to England. Um, I think people do just like... I think it's a problem with social media, and we might get into that later on in, in other topics, That, but particularly that people see clips who might not be watching the games and they see a miss or they see two misses, and but they don't see the, the other you know, 89 minutes that players like Kurt put in on the pitch and how, how important she is to this Chelsea team, not just with her goals and assists, we've highlighted that, but she, I think she's one of Hayes' key players. Yeah, we, you mentioned Kurt in terms of her, her skills in general, not just goal scoring, but the runs she makes in and how how much of a positional player she is, which makes it so difficult to mark against. I feel like the game that Chelsea played against Atletico Madrid, the first leg, they were a man down. Sophie Ingle sent off 12 minutes um into the game for uh, a last-ditch tackle. Kerr and Kirby, they were all over the pitch. I really would like to know the, the amount of mileage they racked up because having a player who's capable of doing that like Kerr and getting into so many different places, I think a lot of people don't recognise that part of her game. They see Amelia as a goal scorer because that was, that's what she is. She's an out-and-out striker. But there's so many more elements. And what better... What better sort of um, partner to have up against you than Kirby? And Kirby was the one who got four assists in that game. Yeah, it really is. They've they've perfected that partnership this season. Um, I think there was a time last year where people thought that maybe Kerr was coming in to, to replace Kirby for certain reasons, but it's just, <laughs> it's unfair to the rest of the teams. You know, there aren't many teams that have that strike partnership, but can then also rest one of them and bring in another player. And if you look at the the players that Chelsea had on the had on the bench, you know, Penilla Harder didn't even come on, you know, but they just had her waiting ready just in case something something went wrong. And not much did go wrong from Kirby to Kerr. Guru Wright and even got a goal. The only one thing that is a little bit of a dampener to the celebrations was the injury to Marianne Mielder. And it was quite a horrible injury. It, it was it was a very uneasy feeling to hear her scream in an empty stadium and to watch the replay to see how her ankle had twisted. And I don't really want to sort of talk about this too much and put a lot of pressure on Palmer for the tackle. I do feel like it was a bit reckless coming in from behind like that. Uh, there's only one way Emilda could have turned and that was the way that she turned into the defender and her, her foot must have been planted because it, it was quite a significant twist. And obviously we're not going to encourage you to watch those replays again, but it was awful and you could tell how much it affected Fran Kirby and how much it affected everyone else. And it was just, it was really nice to see Kirby take Mielder's shirt at the end of the, the game and bring it up to the, the trophy celebration. And I think that's just a homage to how important Mielder is to the team on and off the pitch. Yeah, I think you could you can tell by the looks on the Chelsea players when when it happened, you know, in that that break when Mielder was getting treatment and you know the both Chelsea and Bristol City players just had to stand around because there was nothing they could do. Um, you know, like you said Kirby and Wright in particular looked verging on tears. Um, I know Kirby and Mielder are, are very close. Um, I think probably the You'd say that they're best friends, and Guru Wrighton obviously um, is an international teammate of Mielder. And you see all the um, the reaction on social media as well. We've had players like Caroline Graham Hansen and Mielder's other Norwegian teammates. This is this isn't just a big loss for for Chelsea. It's a big big loss for for Norway. And 
it was just last week that Hayes said that Mjolder is often one of the most underrated players in the world. And I think over the next few weeks, we are going to see just how important she is for Chelsea. But obviously, we hope that it isn't as bad. We don't know how bad it is just yet, but we hope that it isn't too too severe and that she can recover soon. Yeah, it's quite quite damp, I think, put on the celebrations for the injury. We can hope that she makes a swift recovery. And obviously, the more we know about injury, the more we will post here on various other channels. But one thing to mention there, I mean, I know how sort of easy it seemed how Chelsea got past Bristol, but what about their run-up to that game? Because Bristol only played Aston Villa, that's the other WSL team. However, it wasn't the same for Chelsea because they had to play Arsenal, Tottenham and Manchester City. And Manchester City, that was the game. They were struggling, you know, it had gone down to extra time and then they turned things around and scored two amazing, amazing goals. And And that was really the hardest game for them to get through. Yeah, you don't want to take anything away from Bristol City for reaching the final. But like you said, they played one WSL side and four championship sides, including Leicester City in the in the semi-final. Um, yeah, Chelsea, it's, it's, a, it's a tired cliche, but, you know, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. And that Man City game was when pe- people saw that as... You know, no, again, no disrespect to the other teams. They saw that as whoever wins this game is going to win the Conti Cup. Um, and for, with about five minutes left in that match, you know, it didn't look like it was going to be Chelsea. But as this Emma Hayes side has shown so many times, you cannot count them out. You know, they will keep fighting. It might take something special like Neve Charles's goal to equalise. Um, at the moment, you know, there's not really any stopping them. We'll just have to see um, what the the other competitions bring. You know, it's still cl- close in the WSL, but this this might be trophy two of the five that they're going to be aiming for. Yeah, and as you say, it's 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 a shame that you know Bristol still did a very good job of getting to the final, and it's a shame that the current run against Chelsea sees them. I think it's like. 15 or 16 goals in two games this season one of them which was a WSL game and now this final as well so I think they've just got the luck of the run against you know a team that are currently in unplayable form but as you mentioned there briefly before we kind of started speaking a bit more about the cup run Fran Kirby you know what is it what is there possibly more to say about her than everything we saw in this game she played you know on Mother's Day we know that it was a difficult game for her, aside from the four assists and two goals, because she lost her mother at a very, very young age, and she gave up on football. She walked out, you know, she walked out, she hung up her boots. But it was her mother and her mother's inspiration that got her back into things. So this must have been a very difficult game for her. Yeah, um, you know, if you look at stats alone, Frank Kirby's a fantastic player already. But then you can, like you said, you consider all that she's been through to achieve all that she's achieved after all that she's experienced. You know, there there aren't too many players or people, you know, from, from the wider into into normal life. There aren't too many people that, that can carry on from that. Um, I think sometimes people forget that footballers, you know, other well-known famous people, celebrities, etc., they are still humans. You know, they go through the pain that we do and being famous or having the money doesn't make it any easier to deal with things. So in, in cases like Kirby... You know, and she's been through, like I said, more than most. For her to pick herself up and be playing as she's playing, it's, you know, <laughs> lost for words sometimes 
about how how good it is. And the thing is, she didn't just go through that loss. You know, she came back from from losing her mother and coming out of that deep depression, and she played absolutely fantastically for two seasons with Reading. It did seem like Fran was back and that she was on the up, but then something else hit, and that was her experience seeing pericarditis. And I think a lot of people know about it on the surface because she eventually came out and went public with it. There was an article that the ESPN published recently. They really gave a bit of a deep dive into what had happened and how, as we mentioned before, Marin Mielder, who you know suffered her injury in, on the final and how Frank Kirby was quite upset. And that's because, as we mentioned, Mielder and Kirby are very good best friends. And on that day that Frank Kirby collapsed, she was eating with her uh, with Mielder and, and Beth England and Mielder was there to help her and get her through and pick up the pieces because Fran had absolutely no idea what was happening to her. In the article, she states she thought she was having a heart attack, you know, she really did think something serious was happening and she spent a year just trying to pick up the pieces she couldn't even walk up the stairs yeah it's um it's an important read but i will admit to anyone who then do- who does go on to read it it's not nice it's not a nice yeah. read it's not an easy read um but i think kirby's brilliant for putting her story out there for other people that might be going through what she's been through um again in in the piece i know she says that after she came public with it because it wasn't something that I mean, once she actually got diagnosed with it it was only her and emma hayes that knew certainly in the mm. chelsea bubble that knew the extent of the in the the illness um but when she finally went public a few years a few months later um the piece says that someone who also suffered from from pericarditis got in touch with her and said you know that i'm I believe it was, I'm also an athletic person. Here's what I did to help me get back. And, you know, so it's not just for Kirby to tell her story, but then it's allowed other people to tell Kirby their stories to help, um, to help Kirby get through it. But it, it wasn't, wasn't an easy process as, as she highlights. Um, you know, she, at one point she contemplated retiring. Yeah. That's uh, the scary bit that it was. It got so much that she was often on the phone crying to people. You know what is happening to me? What am I going through? Is this it? Will it end? And then we signed Sam Kerr that season that she wasn't playing, and there was that extra fear and doubt. Oh, are they replacing me? What what's my role in this side? Am I to become you know a fringe player? Will I just be like a super sub or something? And I think that that plus what she was going through it must have been so much to experience all at once and that's why where she's now is even more amazing to think of that journey that she went from there to where she is now and i think the quote that stands out for me when i read it actually felt quite emotional um she said as, as she was in the middle of all of this at absolute rock bottom she told emma emma hayes i'm going to come back i'm going to come back and i'm going to be the best you've ever seen and to think that that is what you were going to aspire to at the middle of being at your absolute worst and then at, then going and doing it, I think that's not something we see often. Yeah, I mean, she probably doesn't want to get into comparisons personally with how she was playing before and afterwards, but I think she's the best she's ever been. You know, this this is a Frank Kirby that is loving ripping defences to shreds and like I said a bit earlier about Sam Kerr and like you said they thought you know there were the rumours whether was Sam Kerr replacing Kirby and I remember at, at this time last year I was um, talking to other people about Chelsea and you know it was a time where we were discussing what would happen with 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 the futures and at the time Ramona Backman and Adelina Engman you know they were the two that I, I thought would leave but then there was a point of me as well that I thought 
you know, Kirby might leave Chelsea. Um, and she's proven everyone, myself included, who even dared to doubt her wrong. And again, like, like me, I'm sure everyone who did doubt her is happy to, to have been proven wrong to see where she is. Um, and the, the mental sh- strength that she's shown to get to where she is now and to be probably, arguably, the star of this Chelsea team is incredible. Yeah, and, and for Chelsea to retain her, I think, and to support her in so many different ways when she wasn't fit to play, I think that's telling of how much that, you know, she's needed and how much she's loved and liked here. And even when she was not playing for a whole 11 months, she came back and she played in that Community Shield game like she'd been you know fit all along like she hadn't been out for a whole year like she, you know it was just incredible to see and, and now she's gone and signed a new contract with Chelsea which I think is up to 2023 yeah yeah and and like you said with the community shield I think everybody who watched that was sort of surprised in a good way to see just how how she hadn't hadn't lost a, a step she was you know like this was her first game in however many months and she looked like she had played yesterday or the day before the Community Shield. Yeah. And she's just grown from that. Just just a phenomenal player, I think, all round. And I don't think we'll ever see somebody like this to have gone from where she came from um, to have resolved herself of that pain and loss and then used it to push herself forward. And, you know, fan- two fantastic seasons with Reading and then in an inaugural season with Chelsea, she won the double. And it looks like, you know, looks like they're going to be winning a lot more this year. And that must feel especially sweet, especially after the whole the whole sort of pericarditis issue. I'm, I'm just really happy. I think I'm just happy that she's finally happy and she's doing well because she's just gone through so much. And I, and I do hope that Chelsea just continue to make her comfortable and, and continue to give her whatever she needs to continue playing because I just I don't want to see her go anywhere else. Yeah, she's um, she was certain, certainly one of my, probably one of the first players when getting into women's football that you know I enjoyed watching because she is... A, a brilliant footballer and I know she was dubbed mini Messi in an, in her time at Reading by when by the England manager at the time but she's you know she's Frank Kirby she's not a mini anyone she's not mm. I don't think she's comparable to anyone in her skill set I think she is she is Kirby and all that she's been through um that pushes her and like you said when when she returned in 2012 after quitting football for a bit it was her mum's support or her early support of wanting Kirby to make the most of the talent she had. And I think wherever she goes, she carries that with her. And we saw it again in the World Cup two years ago when England played Argentina on what would have been Frank Kirby's mum's birthday. And at the end of the game, you know, she was overcome with emotion because that that was her mum's dream to see her at the World Cup, to see, well, for her to play at the World Cup. And I know she had done it before, but for again for a big moment on her mum's birthday, just like on on the Conti Cup final, it was another big moment for her on Mother's Day. And you know there are lots of people that have unfortunately um, lost their parents, mothers, that mums, dads at a young age. Um, this is just a I'd like to think a, a a sign that you know grieve, but then. You know that it's not the end. You can, you know, do your parents proud, and I'm sure Kirby is doing her mum very proud. Absolutely. 
And like we said, not just in this Conte Cup final, but across this season. And they're going to need her to continue in form because they have an absolutely insane run of, of games coming up ahead. You know, it just does not stop with the fixture schedule. They've got to play Everton um, on a weekday and then they have a, a, another WSL game, which is sandwiched in between two Champions League games. And that is against Wolfsburg. Yeah, it's um, again with one one last call back to the Conte Cup. You know, Kirby came off after an hour and I think that showed that was no disrespect to Bristol. That just showed how important Kirby is and she she will be needed for for these games. Um, you know, across all competitions now that's seventeen goals and twelve assists. You know, she tops Chelsea in both in both stats. Um and it's not I think she's only missed five five of Chelsea's twenty six games across all competitions this season and three of those were games where where they could afford to rest her I mean one was against Man City in the Conte Cup but at the time the game was won she's scoring at just over one one goal per 90 minute this is like we've said this is the best she's she's been she's the best Chelsea player in the team I believe and she's the one that Chelsea need to keep keep fit and healthy especially if they they do want to win the Champions League and Wolfsburg is a team they've not had the best of luck against in when they've played. So for Ker- for Kirby to this is Kirby's time to to show that she and Chelsea are you know one of the best teams, and she is one of the best players in in Europe at least. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's on their collective minds. I do remember before the season when we had a lot sort of interviews with players like, you know, in Casper and Millie Bright and the manager itself. That's one thing they kept saying, Champions League, Champions League, Champions League. It's one thing they want to win. And I think it, it, it was so important for them to get past the Atletico game because I think that first game was so insane. You know, having a red card, two missed penalties from Atletico Madrid. You know, it was crazy and we still came out through that. And I think... I think the second leg really showed how important Emma Hayes found it to be because they were so much more wary after we played that first leg. And I think it's something that they, they wanna, they wanna sort of get that into the trophy cabinet too. As you mentioned, Wolfsburg is an entirely different game because it's not something where they can draw previous experience from in terms of winning and, and excelling. But you do hope that this new formation is, which has been working so well for them, you hope that that is, is what helps them sort of break things open. And, and I do feel like once Emma Hayes transitioned into that 4-3-1 formation, with Kirby playing advanced and G with Lupoltz in the midfield, it's just reaped so many goals. You know, we scored four against Tottenham, uh, you know, six against West Ham, and then we had another four against Arsenal. The goals are flowing in this formation. And I think it would be really useful to kind of see how exactly Wolfsburg play to unlock that. Before they do with that, there's also a game against Everton, and that in itself is a difficult game because we know that Everton play with um, you know, Christensen and Riso and, and Govon. They're interchangeable players who can play across the six, eight, and number ten role. So I do feel like this sort of goal streak it's going to definitely have to continue but it will be interesting to see how Emma Hayes uses her whether that's on the bench in some t- in some games starting from you know the beginning and others because rest I think is something that's very important and we've brought, Chelsea have already had a few injuries now you know Millie Bright's been questionable uh, you know Mielder Beth England we just definitely do not want to see Fran Kirby on that list too yeah um and I know che- people say that Chelsea do have, you know, the the best squad in certainly in the WSL, but it's still a, a relatively small squad. And Emma Hayes has her players that she she likes to go to. You know, the back fo- the back five rarely changes. It, it will you assume have to change now with 
with Mjolde's injury, but she has her maybe seven, eight players that she always sticks with. Um, but she won't, I don't think she'll be able to do that. You know, we might see, like you said, Kirby get a rest in one of these next four games. Melanie Leipoltz might get a rest, you know, but, but then, you know, who, who can you, who do you bring in to replace it? Oh, they've got Sophie Ingle if she, if she, if her injury isn't too bad. They've got G, they've got Penilla Harder. They've got Bethany England when she recovers from concussion. They've got Jesse Fleming, Jess Carter, Drew Spence, all of these players who you might consider were certainly the the last few more fringe, Hannah Blundell as well, but are still top quality players. And I think this is, these next four or five games will be when we see just how strong Chelsea's squad is and just how strong their Champions League credentials are. Because once they get past Wolfsburg, if, sorry, if they get past Wolfsburg, (laughs) you know, it's, it would be Bayern Munich or Rosengard and... Out of the two English teams left, they they have the wouldn't say the easier route, but the more favourable route to potential route to the final. Yeah, and you just kind of hope that that this is a game they can get past because I think, as you mentioned, it's going to be a difficult one. But once we get through that, things might ease up a bit. I know Chelsea haven't always had the run of the luck when it comes to um, being on the right side of the draw. Atletico in itself was a, a difficult pick. You know, games in the Conti Cup, we have we faced three London derbies. The FA Cup hasn't been easy either. So, you know, the games have been difficult, but as I do feel Chelsea have levelled up each time. And it kind of makes you wonder what, what it's going to take for an opponent to take them down. Because even when Kirby hasn't been around, they've been able to shift their formation and play other players. So it really does feel like they're, they're an absolute juggernaut at the moment. And whether that's European or domestic games, there is simply no stopping them. I mean, I guess, unless you're Bryson... <laughs> Yeah, and they have, yeah, yeah, or or Everton in the FA Cup, which was technically last season but played this season. Um, yeah, they've they've got a their goal scoring talent is quite scary. You know, if you take like you say, if you take away one, so if you take away seventeen goal Frank Kirby, you have sixteen goal Sam Kerr. Take her away, you've got Beth England and Penilla Hardwell on eleven goals each. You've got Guru Wrighton with ten assists again. Kerr England on six assists. Um, Emma Hayes has really built a squad and and a team where no matter what four players, five players, four players you'd put in in those attacking spots in the four two three one, and maybe even an attacking player in one of the the deeper roles alongside Leipolz, you're going to get goals. Defenses are going to be worried. Um, you just you need a bit of luck, you know. You need you need them to have enough day that like like Brighton did. You know, Brighton defended excellently, but there were times where you know Penilla Harder. I remember she hit the post and it bounced back it towards the goalkeeper rather than towards a Chelsea player or or in 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 the net. Um, and um, particularly for Wolfsburg, this is it's a strange season for them as well. They probably. You know, they lost Penilla Harder last year. They've got a few players come going in the summer. Um they're 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 in a close title title battle with Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. This you know, this this is a very Chelsea focused podcast this week, but I think this could be Chelsea's year. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we did start out by saying we we're going to be talking a lot about Fran Kirby. And, you know, we probably got a little bit carried away. But when it comes to Fran Kirby, I think we can afford to be carried away because she's just an absolutely amazing human being. And not just an amazing goal scorer. And we do wish all the best for her in the upcoming games. And all the best for Marin Mielda. Hopefully that is not a serious injury. Although it does look like that, you know, they might, that she might be out for the rest of the season. But on a more cheerier note, Chelsea seem to be doing well in all their competitions. And it does look like another trophy laden season. So on that note, I am going to sort of wrap it up there. You got anything else to add, Harry? No, just join join Fran Kirby FC. You know, she's, <laughs> like you said, she's a brilliant player. She's a brilliant person. Um, I'm a bit of a a boring optim- pessimist. I don't really see s- sports people, f- um, footballers as, as role models. I, like, But, you know, I think you can look to her for inspiration. Even if you've not been through what she's been through, you can look to her and see, you know, that you can get the better of wet whenever you're whatever bad situation you're in whenever you're down you know there is light and there is you know improvements and so I th- I th- like I said I think she is a she is an inspirational person absolutely and I think that wraps it up for us so we just want to say thank you for being a part of this episode that's episode three of Skorka's Women's Football Theme Pod we know it's been a little bit more fun Kirby Fight Club than and Skorka but we do promise that we will be reviewing more games and the upcoming episodes as they come through um, you know, we'll have this episode up and ready for you to listen across platforms by tomorrow. So if you could drop us a like, share, or even, you know, a cheeky subscribe just to show that you are also one of the fan, fan Kirby Fight Club, um, fans, but we're sure to, to make sure we check that out too. And, you know, until next week, we will see you guys.